Good. Holy crap, that's loud. I haven't had to do this from my computer in a long time. Morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, he took a break from watching Disney Plus all day, and please, dear God, never have me do this ever again, because I want to ball up into a tiny little beetle position and cry. Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hi, everybody. I I don't ever want to stream from my end ever again. Yeah, it sounds like you had a, a fun time at it. Um, hey, everybody. I am away in an undisclosed location with my wife for one of our anniversaries for a little vacation. And so Matt's having to stream it from his side. And, guys, he had a fun time doing it, huh, Matt? Oh, my God. I, I this, was, this was buggier than the Disney Plus rollout today. See, I, I've been I'm, – I'm catching little glimpses of this from others that there were login issues or something, but I've been safely ensconced away at a beautiful, a beautiful tropical resort. And um, so I don't know what happened. I know there was baby Yoda and I know that everyone, everyone was having problems getting on. Yeah. Uh, I, but I could, that was, that was pretty much it. It was, you would try to play, you, you would try to play a title and uh, everything would, um, it would just say login again. I ended up getting mine working uh, because for those of you who don't know, if you are a Verizon customer, you get a year of it for free. Uh, so I signed oh. up. Yeah. So I signed up for it and uh, it was giving me a few issues. By the end of the day, it was fine. And then I had to start doing this stuff. And then this got really buggy and I understood Disney's pain. <laughs> You experience what Disney's been going through today? Yes. Well, that's the bad news, guys, is that we're running a little late. But the good news is we're here. I'm here. We're here. We're here. We are here. The only good place to do this was in the bed. <laughs> so here I am making a video in bed for you, America. That's right. Spike missed having me in bed so much, he decided to do a video. That I made this video instead. <laughs> Hi, America. It looks like you've had a long day at work. <laughs> How can I help you? Uh, first and foremost, allow me to thank Justin for the kava that I'm drinking on today's episode. Allow me to thank Kroger for this delicious purified drinking water that I drink every day of my life. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. Uh. So not only do you have to stream... You have to read the notes. I know. I like. I've got to do just yourself. You have to do everything. I have to do everything. This is, and I can just sit here and be pretty. <laughs> you got to work. You you have to at least work harder on your end. I'm being pretty. Yeah, I said you were sexy. I'm I never said try. pretty. Oh well, see, that's what I meant. I meant like sexy and pretty. Uh, is this better? That's so much better. Okay, good. <laughs> then I'll just do this for. I'll hold this for an hour and a half. All right. I can do this. <laughs> well, speaking of abominations, um, <laughs> a couple of San Francisco artists decided that they were going to uh, create a six-story high mural of Greta Thunberg to raise awareness about climate change. That'll fix it. In doing so, they used 700 gallons of aerosol spray paint. 
the big hole in the ozone <laughs> layer above where they above where uh, where they where they were spray painting Greta Thunberg, no doubt telling us that we have cost her her future and her childhood. How dare you? My future, yeah. my childhood. Um, so yeah, no, I thought that was interesting because like you global warming, like the first thing I remember about hearing about we need to save the environment and global warming was don't use aerosol. Anyway. Yeah, the CFCs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they still have CFCs, but I can't imagine that. Well, first of all, the paint is 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 petroleum based, so they just sprayed a bunch of oil on the side of a building. Mm-hmm. But it made them feel better, and that's that's how environmentalism works now. That is how. I mean, it's all. It, uh, it's really about making yourself feel better. It's all versus. Is this, am I sexier with the pillow or without it? Uh, give give it a little hug. Give it a little hug like this way. America, I'm pretending this is you. Is this this doesn't feel sexy. No, it's it's definitely not. <laughs> if you're one of our it's audio like, if you're one of our audio listeners today, feel very happy. You're gonna really <laughs> You're definitely gonna wanna tune in. Feel very happy that you're one to, of uh, audio only listeners on this day of spike. America, I miss you so much. Oh. So, this is um, not awkward. That's an important thing right. to remember. <laughs> um, For whom? Yeah, you're definitely going to want to tune into the YouTube version of this, and uh, and also um, donate money to us on Anchor. <laughs> Yeah, donate monkey money to us on Anchor at anchor.fm. If you donate $10 to us on Anchor, I will make a custom video where I pretend this pillow is you. Give it a big squeeze like that. I'm glad. For the low, low price of $10. That's right. I am glad that you said Anchor because I know I need to get into that later. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, So Greta Thunberg, what else happened? uh, So in other news about heinous bitches. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard has uh, decided to sue Hillary, or threatens to sue Hillary Clinton over calling her a Russian spy, uh, demanding that she verbally retracts remarks. That'd be a fun one. I think, uh, Hillary, I think Hillary's protected under what's it called? That rule where you can say whatever you want about politicians. It's like an exception in the slander and libel laws. Because Trump keeps threatening to sue people, and they keep saying, yeah, no, you can't anymore because you're a politician. Right. Um, But in other Hillary-related-ish news, maybe you have this later in the notes. I have no idea because I'm freewheeling it here. I'm just freewheeling. I'm just freewheeling with you, America. Freestyle. Um, She said that she is under tremendous, enormous pressure to run again in 2020, and the crowd actually yelled out, no, you weren't. I imagine. I imagine that that's what I would have done if I were there. I would have said no. Right. No one has asked you to run for president. Nobody really wants that to happen except for no. you. Well, Donald Trump does. Well, yeah, no, he would love to he would he would love to upset her again. Yes. Yes. Uh <laughs> Oh, 
Elizabeth Warren uh, was oh, wow. old, old Elizabeth Warren. She was up on stage uh, telling that uh, she was taking advice from people on how she should uh, be able to reach more male voters. And uh, what uh, somebody recommended was that she was told she needed to smile more. And you're going to be really upset that you can't see this because I saw it in drive. Okay. I saw it. And uh, so, so she I'm started, happy I saw it. Yeah, she started smiling, and uh, it it did not go. And it did not. It did not. It did not. Yeah, it did not go well uh, for her because uh, it kind of drove some more people away. Afterwards, that we live in a society. <laughs> when At, she did that, she and then asked everyone why they were being so serious. Right, and then she said, "I'm going to get a beer." Um, <laughs> so happy that my husband could join me in our own kitchen today. Thank you for being here, Thank my you. husband. I'm going to get a beer would in you our like kitchen. <laughs> it's eight a.m. Oh yeah, would you like a beer? And he's like, "No, it's five in the afternoon." It's, it, it's, in the it's eight in the morning. I just got out of the shower. Just brushed my teeth. No, I don't want a beer. Right. That was weird. That was weird. Elizabeth Warren. Reinforcing the stereotype about natives and drinking. Very sad. Very sad. And old people in technology. Um, she, well, that, that one's true. That one so. is true. She, that one is true. She is like the definition of okay boomer. She really is. She really... Oh, possibly also related news. Uh, speaking of okay boomer, uh, Vermin Supreme, uh, what our Vermin Supreme was a uh, former roommate, friend and former roommate, Vermin Supreme, uh, was at a Joe Biden rally in New Hampshire, uh, where he and Rich Anzo, uh, who's with his campaign, shouted OK Boomer at him uh, through a, a loudspeaker during, I believe, the entire event. Yeah. And then started shouting OK Boomer at some of his supporters. That's the Which, I mean, that's sort of the pot calling the kettle black there in a very hilarious way. It is, but he's really only a boomer in age. Yeah, no way else not is he a boomer. Thought process. Yeah, Joe Biden's technically not a boomer. He's a whatever came before the boomers, the World War II generation. But he acts like a boomer. He's is he greatest generation? That's what they said. So when 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 Vermin Supreme did this, he got some clap back on Twitter. Not on, you know, what he did, but on the fact that Joe Biden is technically not a boomer because he was born in 1837 or where I, he was born in like the, the 1837. He's born, yeah, he was born in 1837. It's crazy. Into antebellum era, actually, is what he's from. Wow. Uh, no, he was born in. Yeah, I know. I didn't know either. Uh, no, he was born in the 19, like late 1930s or something. So he was right. So boomers are from 46 to 60 or something like that and he was born before that to which vermin said okay boomer um so it was a good time um so uh Ma- having absolutely no segue maj maj tori every time you move your microphone yes. rubs across the pillow um oh good <laughs> maj tori did he leave or did he get kicked out no, he left the party. So here's what happened, guys. Maj Touré, Tour, I'm not sure how to say his last name. I think it's Touré. 
Yeah, uh, with Black Guns Matter, he just ran for Philadelphia City Council uh, as a Libertarian uh, and lost. Um, they went with the top, however many vote getters, and he wasn't. He was in the bottom three, I think. And um, he, uh, so he didn't make it. And there has been, so he has been slated to be the keynote speaker at the national convention, the Libertarian National Convention next year in Austin. And there's been tremendous pressure on the uh, on the party to rescind his not his invitation because he's put out a lot of anti-immigrant talk, saying that you know, you know, kind of standard conservative talking points that immigrants steal jobs and destroy our culture or whatever. And that, uh, you know, he even used the dreaded, do you lock your doors at night analogy uh, when talking about immigration. Uh, he's also in the past made some, uh, in the not so distant past, made a lot of very uh, anti-gay, homophobic and transphobic statements, which he has not, um, you know, apologized for or rescinded. <laughs> so as far as we can tell, he uh, he still thinks that. But the big one, and, and there was one other thing, I don't remember what it was. But basically, he's he's really it would have boiled down to is he's more of a conservative than a libertarian, and so there was a lot of pressure on the um, on the party to rescind his invitation to be the keynote speaker. Uh, the name is I think his last name's Hayes, who was in charge of that, unilaterally decided to uninvite him right. from the. Uh, from, from the, the convention. Uh, convention as the speaker. He's still welcome to go, and I mean, you can kick him out. Of the, there is no there's no actual, as we learned with the Arvin Vora situation and the Ben Leader situation, we learned that there is no actual device for the Libertarian Party to remove someone from the party. But they did disinvite him from the keynote, uh, and uh, or he, or the, 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 the guy in charge of it did, Maj had already said, if they disinvite me from the keynote, I'm leaving the party, and uh, and he did. And honestly, I'm surprised he did. Again, he fits more in the Republican Party than in the Libertarian Party. He's not really – I mean, he's a conservative. He, he's more of a conservative than a libertarian. Um, I think he stuck around because Michael – I think it's Heiss. I, I think it's how you say his name and a few other people – in the Libertarian Party really worked hard for him and helped him. And so I think out of respect for that, he stuck around longer than he probably wanted to. Um, but he's going to make considerably more money and, and have a lot more fame and fortune being a conservative, either as an independent or a Republican, and sort of doing the conservative media rounds with people like uh, your ex-girlfriend Candace Owens. And uh, and people like that. I think I think you know. I think he's got way more money to make as a you know a Blexit speaker than as a Libertarian Party guy who lost a city council right. seat. But he's still doing. He's doing great stuff. Black guns matter, and uh, and we'll see. But yeah, no, he 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 left the party. Right. Uh, and breaking news: Matt Hicks uh, has just volunteered his services as keynote speaker at the convention in Austin. And uh, nice. I, I, for one, support that. I support that. Only if he comes dressed as the dude. If he's dressed as the dude from Big Lebowski. Oh, man. Or as yes. you thought, Jesus. 
Um, and I thought he was Jesus. And be equally if you dress as like whatever whatever you you want to call that, right? And if he's equally as drunk as he was that night, I yeah, no, he has to be at least that drunk. If uh, anyone, um, if you look up on on our page, uh, it would have been put up on the I think the fifth or sixth. But if you if you put in your Facebook search bar, uh, if you put muddied waters media Matt Hicks. Uh, you will see my red carpet interview of Matt Hicks, which is possibly the two greatest minutes uh, in internet video history. Um, so I would, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely, I second uh, his proposal to, uh, or yeah, I second his proposal to be the the keynote speaker at the convention. And I would definitely Matt- drive fly it driver fly there for that and matt hicks has uh, agreed to all of our demands so uh he says okay. he says done and done so hopefully we can get a drunk matt hicks dressed as the dude as the keynote speaker saying that nobody's radical enough uh let's get the yeah let's get the that hashtag going drunk matt hicks lnc 2020 i like it i like it <clears throat> and for chair as well honestly i mean let's just do the whole thing <laughs> Let's just put him in charge. Let's make him the presidential candidate. Really, drunk Matt Hicks for everything. I like it. Drunk Matt Hicks. Just vote drunk, drunk Matt. Just drunk. Drunk just Matt Hicks of, 2020. Instead of instead of none of the above or, or not voting, just vote drunk <laughs> Matt Hicks for everything. Yes. He's bound to win something. Hashtag drunk Matt Hicks 2020. Hashtag drunk Matt Hicks. <laughs> um, so last week... Uh, for everybody that was watching, uh, it was election day, but we aired the Libertarian Party of South Carolina's Libertarian presidential debate, uh, the audio mm-hmm. of it. Uh, but I wanted to touch quickly on a couple of the key things that happened in the election that many people on the Internet freaked out about. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, Kentucky elected a Democratic governor, and they... <gasps> How dare they? And uh, they blame the libertarian for mm-hmm. his two percent and how that would have been the right. reference maker. Now, what everybody seems to be forgetting uh, or not realizing—not really sure which—everybody seems to be yeah, probably the latter. Probably the latter, right? Is that Kentucky has more Democratic voters registered than it has Republican voters registered? So already you're fighting an uphill battle, even in a re-election season. Right. You had a Democratic governor who got rid rid of a liberty-minded lieutenant governor to get somebody who was more Trumpian, and that was going to lose him his votes. And those were the people that switched over in order to make the change to vote for the Libertarian. And it doesn't Kentucky like have a history, like they've only had... Uh, two Republican governors in the last however many, like, I mean, it's it's not uncommon for them to have Democrat governors. Right. It's been two Republican or yeah, two Republican governors in 50 years. Right. So this is not not uncommon guys. Right. This is not the biggest shock now. Right. As somebody who grew up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, um, it's not a state, it's Commonwealth. Um, (laughs) But, uh, a lot of people freaked out because Virgi- the Virginia state legislature ended up switching to be democratic. And a lot of people flipped out about this. 
we we discussed this yeah no we discussed this briefly on the show last week but in 2004 uh george bush won re-election but it was a lot closer than people thought that it was going to be in 2008 they turned blue for obama in 2012 re-elected obama 2016 uh hillary clinton in 2017 they voted in governor blackface Like, this has been a slow and steady growth for them doing this. And a lot of it comes from the people that have been moving from states like New York and Connecticut and Vermont. And they're moving down south to escape the higher taxes. They're like, hey, Virginia's great. It's not as expensive. And then they're continuing voting for all the stuff that they've been trying to escape. Right. This is just... And and that's also also happening... The next step, step is happening. Like, North Carolina is now a purple state. So, I mean, it's uh, they even have a Democrat governor right now. So Virginia, I, I'm still surprised people are Virginia turning blue is a 10 year old story at this point. Right. It's just this is the first time that they've flipped like the locals. But that's not that shocking. That is going to happen eventually. since yeah. you weren't able to get Virginia back to a red state. But did they blame that on the libertarians too? No, they didn't blame that on the libertarians. They were just freaking out. Oh, okay. They were just freaking out about it. Yeah, but it's I'm... been a slow, steady decline to blue for since 2008. This has been 10, 11, 12 years running that it's been going this way. This was not surprising. Yeah, I mean, for, Virginia is two main states, I guess you could call it. The South and West, which are still very much what you would think of when you think of Virginia. And then the ever-expanding northeast D.C. Beltway area, into or the northeast of the state, which is the the you know Nova or whatever the 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 D.C. Beltway expanding into Virginia, plus people moving down from you know New York and New England and all yeah. of that. So yeah, it's a blue state at this point. Even though most of the state is still red, the main population centers are all blue, kind of like Illinois, right. Illinois Southern Illinois is a standard Midwestern purplish red area with Chicago just holding it down for the Democrats. So, I mean, that's, that was going to happen with Kentucky. John, I think John Hicks is his name who, who ran as the libertarian. What the people who are freaking out right now don't get is that if you took away the ability to vote for third party candidates and every voter in Kentucky had to pick either a Republican or a Democrat, most of those libertarian voters would just not vote. And then the, of the ones that are have that are left, they'd split fairly evenly between Republican and Democrat, maybe a little bit more for Republican than Democrat, but not enough to change that election outcome. Hmm. And that's what a lot of Republicans and Democrats don't get. We saw this in Georgia when Stacey uh, Adams lost to Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp, right? Brian Kemp, yeah. Yeah, Brian Kemp. Uh, last year, people were freaking out and saying, oh, it's because you know people voted Libertarian. And in that case, I think, yeah, no, his win, he still, he got enough votes that it was more the difference between uh, Adams and, and Kemp. But those people weren't going to vote for Stacey Adams or Brian Kemp, or at least not enough to make a, a difference one way or the other. And, I mean, libertarians are – they know that when they vote for that person, 
that they're going to come way in third. They know that. Yes. They know that it's not going to be close in statewide and national elections. They make that vote because they're so disgusted with the other two choices. They don't care which side wins. So I just I need I even saw a lot of, you know, uh, uh, you know, libertarians who aren't members of the Libertarian Party who were very upset that Bevin didn't get reelected. Libertarians weren't going to vote for a conservative Republican. They just weren't Mm-mm. or a Democrat. Right. And a lot of people were like, yeah, he, he was endorsed by the RLC and uh, he was endorsed by the RLC. He was the best Liberty candidate that was electable. And they were saying things like that. But then he got, when he got rid of the Lieutenant governor, a lot of people said, well, no, he's just going to do whatever Trump tells him to do. Right. So I'm not, no, just no. And that's, he, he also underperformed all of the other Republicans running statewide uh, uh, by like 100,000 votes, which would have been more than enough for him to win. This was a Bevin problem. Mm-hmm. This was not a, a you know, the 40,000 libertarians that voted for for um, for X. This was a Bevin problem, and it was a Republican problem. Um, the other thing is this. You'll notice a pattern. Whenever a Republican loses to a Democrat or a Democrat loses to a Republican in a close election. The very first people that they go after are people that vote third party. They don't blame the, the overwhelming group of people that voted for the other candidate that voted for, you know, the, the, the Democrat or the Republican, even though that's the reason they lost. They lost because more people voted for that other candidate than for them. They don't blame. They don't blame. The large group of people who didn't show up to vote, they blame the sometimes several hundred or several thousand people who voted for a third party candidate because they didn't see enough of a difference between the two major candidates to bother voting for them. And even though they would go ahead. And what I've always said is, you know, because I've I've campaigned for libertarians in the past, like I've gone out there and I've done it and people have gotten mad at me saying, you know, you're just going to steal from my candidate or you're just helping the other candidate, whatever. And my argument has and always will be if your candidate can't get people to come out and vote for him and they're going to come out and vote for my candidate because my candidate was able to do it. That's on you. That's on him. That's not on my candidate. That's not on me. I'm doing the work. If they're not willing to do the work, they aren't earning your vote. Vote? They can't get them to vote for you knowing that their vote for this other person is almost certain to to not help them get elected. Like, they know that they're throwing their vote away, whatever that's called. They know that they're voting for someone that's almost assuredly not going to win. They still won't vote for you. How much do you suck that they won't vote for you? Right. It is what it is. And... And the the reason that they go after those third party candidates harder than they go after anyone else when they lose these close races is because it doesn't really come down to which side won. It came down to controlling your choice. They want they more, more important than anything else, more important than if the Republican wins or the Democrat wins. What's most important to them is that you believe that the only viable choice are Republican or Democrat. Because if that ever changed, if people said, "Yeah, you know what, I don't really care, I'm voting, if enough people said, I'm going to vote based on who I think should win, period, even if they don't, even if, you know, the media and the major parties are telling me that they don't have a shot of winning, they'd probably win, they'd win more, they'd actually win some elections. And that would completely destroy the Republicrat back and forth 
of of you know the two parties pretending that they're opposing each other but they're really just working together to you know endlessly grow government and you know play to their bases while just doing the same thing the other side would do once they're in office that would all die so it is imperative that you be blamed for not voting for for they'd rather you not show up and vote than to vote libertarian yeah or to green party or whatever and what some other party they'd rather you not go up except in the cases where they lose where they're like well you should have gone out to vote well and that's the thing i mean it's it's really it's about control they want you to show up and they want you to vote republican right. or democrat and so and so many of these people are the people who will go out there and say you need to take responsibility for your own actions and when you go out and you vote for the candidate that you like the best and it causes their candidate to lose they blame you. They don't blame their candidate. They don't blame them. Exactly. They blame you. Yep. Uh, Sarah Branion, uh, on on the old tubes of you, says, where can I get mm. one of those hats? And uh, Sarah, you can get that at taxationistheft.cards. Taxation, Cards, C-A-R-D-S. Yes. Taxationistheft.cards. Uh, you can pick, cards. pick one of those up uh, at that website. You can also get some sweet ass merch from Berman2020.com. That's right. The taxation is theft. The taxation is theft bracelet or the end the drug war. End the drug war. I don't know if you can see this, but you can. You can actually see it pretty well. Well, I can. It looks so amazing. You should definitely get it. You should, right. And you know, they're really fun to have on when you're at work and have somebody read it out and. They look at you and you know, taxation and stuff, and you just look at them. You gaze into their eyes because you don't realize that they read something on your wrist, and you're like, "What's up, girl? How you doing?" And they're like, "Do you really you believe that?" that? Oh, you were reading. Like... You were reading that. My bad. Um, definitely never and had that. You're like, reaction. "Oh yeah, she. <laughs> oh yeah, she wants me, and she's thinking like, but how would we have roads? How, Why can't I then? How would we have things?" Where am I gonna get a sidewalk? So, oh, by the way, uh, plug for my show tomorrow. My fellow Americans, Dan Berman, who made all the and sells all this sweet ass merch that I've got, is going to be on my show. Completely unrelated to me having all of this sweet ass merch in the first place. Daniel Taxationist Theft Berman, who is running for president uh, and wants the Libertarian Party nomination to run for president going to be on my show tomorrow 8 p.m eastern yep he was on my show a couple months back and uh he he is a fun interview he is a super yeah he's yeah i really enjoyed watching that he's he's just a fun interview and he's super smart guy yeah he knows what he's talking about so i'm gonna have him on i'm gonna have him He's been saying some blasphemous comments about Waffle House. We're going to talk about that. Yes. And oh, by the way, guys, be sure to join my caucus. I started a caucus for the Libertarian Party, the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. That's right. Um, so be join up for that. Spike is the all-star special of the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, which we've just shortened to ass. Today I'm the ASS. It's also a an, a donkey gif sharing caucus yes so if you got any sweet donkey pictures or videos or gifts you want to share in there be sure to do that libertarian party waffle house caucus uh, we are applying for the 5013c um, which we're certain to get just as soon as i ever actually do that right 
and we want to be a major force in the Libertarian Party and the Waffle House. People will come to and us for the forecast of the political weather. Right, exactly. Right. Um, oh, and that's the that is, by the way, the official Libertarian Party caucus of Muddy Waters Media. True. I just made that, yeah. yeah I'm fine with that. I was like, okay. Why not? <laughs> why not? literally just now I just decided. Right. Uh, Chris Reynolds, uh, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, is very excited that oh. you are doing a sensual show lying down. Yes, isn't this nice, Chris? Chris. Oh, Chris. Did you this, is, this is what I've, really, this is how I've, this is the format I've wanted to show to go into for a while, like soft porn. <laughs> and um, it's really been like where I've been pushing things. And I haven't been really aggressive about it. And so I thought like, you know, this time I'll be clothed because you got to ease into it. And also Facebook and YouTube. And Twitter. Once we're a float exclusive show, <laughs> um, once we're getting enough uh, money from float to be a float exclusive program, um, I'm at least going to be topless. I guess I could be topless now. You could you could always be topless. I could be topless. Right. So that's the direction we're going. This can be a very sensual, you know, I'm here to muddy the waters, America. Uh, Chris Reynolds says to check out his Libertarian Party Tilapia Lovers Caucus, also known as the T- Libertarian TLC. In hell. <laughs> and if Arvin hell. If Arvin Vorid joins the Libertarian TLC, keep your 14-year-olds away. Yeah, well, don't drive them there. Yeah, don't drive them there because then it's your fault. Don't, uh, don't drive them because it's your fault. If you and Jacob, Jacob LaBelle, no, uh, I can't speak for Spike, but I did not rejoin the LP. Um, I've never been a member. Yeah, so I'm known. Spike did not join and I did not rejoin the LP. No, I'm not joining. I'm just affecting it from the outside with my caucus. Right. With my large and ever-growing caucus. Yes. The Waffle House Caucus. The Waffle House Caucus. So be sure to join that. We have we have we have only four rules. Number one is Waffle House is better than everything else. Yes. So you can't pretend that it's not. Right. Two is. Do you, do you want me to don't be it? a jerk? Yeah. Three, which is very arbitrarily enforced. It's really <laughs> what I decide is okay or not. Uh, three is. That seems very authoritarian of you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a total dictatorship. I'm not even having other admins on there. It's just me. I control everything. I didn't even make Matt an admin because it's fine. And so, and uh, three is don't. You can't like harass or threaten or murder anyone. And then also don't be a Nazi. So there aren't a lot of rules, um, but you should join. Yep. You should join. You'll get more, more, more pictures and videos like this if you join. Of course, you could just get those on float where we can do it. Um, That's true, too. Yeah. Again, depends on how much you donate. We can really get pictures and videos of whatever you want. You just got to... Got to start throwing that money at us. That's right. Me. Us. So speaking of awkward things, so being, done, of... being done publicly, the yes. uh, public impeachment hearings are scheduled to begin this week. 
Oh, gosh. Yes. Uh, and pretty much everybody across the country has already made up their mind on whether or not they think he should be impeached or shouldn't be impeached and whether he should be removed from office and whether he shouldn't be removed from office. And typically you can figure out what somebody believes in the first five minutes of talking to them. And you can also guess right. what news sources they like to watch. Um, I was talking with some people the other day and in five minutes I knew that they watched a lot of Vox. Uh, <laughs> A lot of Vox, V-O-X? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, knew that one immediately. I've talked to a lot those of are pe- the people. Who wanted, those are the people who wanted Trump impeached for getting elected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, you know, when people ask me, do you want someone impeached? Yes. Yes. Do- doesn't matter yeah. who. Absolutely. They- the county, yeah. They have absolutely done something that violates the Constitution. So, yeah, I want them impeached. Yeah. Or just I don't like. Sure. Like, I just think, like, literally, just all the way down, top to bottom, from the janitor. If you can impeach a janitor, I want public impeachment hearings for the janitor, all the way up to president and everything in between, at all levels. So that includes Trump. Um, So... What, I'm sure you have some details on this hearing, but it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like they're going to vote to impeach him and the, then the Senate's going to vote not to, uh, Convict. not to, probably not even to censure him. That's going to be funny when they vote not even to censure him and they just are like, there's nothing here. And then, you know, yeah. Trump goes, it was a witch hunt. See, that's, I mean, that's, that, that is the next four months that's of gonna the political, that's what's going to happen. But this yeah. week, on a very special episode of Congress, <laughs> uh, we are going to be seeing the likes of the alleged whistleblower, whose name is probably something along the lines of Eric Chiaramella. Maybe. Possibly. Oh, is that whose name I keep seeing? Yeah. That's the name that gets you kicked off Facebook if you type it. Yeah, I was going to say, people like type that and get kicked off. Yeah. So um, hopefully Facebook isn't listening to the show. Eh, Eric, that's why I said something hopefully. like that. I'm not saying it is that. I don't know. Um, Let's just like pronounce it wrong. Sierra Mila. <laughs> Eric, Eric. Actually, probably how you say it. Right. Eric Caramello. Uh, Caramello. Caramello. Eric Caramello. Uh, is expected to be called to testify. Dems are obviously fighting it because of witness uh, whistleblower protection acts. Um, although if you are trying to protect the whistleblower, if somebody types their name on Facebook and you remove them from Facebook, isn't it sort of just saying, yeah, no, that's the whistleblower. You're not protecting him in this way. Yeah. That sort of sounds like not protecting them. Right. I feel as though that is just kind of saying, yes, that's who it is. Stop saying his name. Yeah. Uh, making matters worse for... And then you go... Go ahead. And they say, don't, they say stop saying his name. And you're like, whose name? And they're like, Eric Kierman. Oh, damn it! Mm-hmm. So. Making so, matters yeah. uh, kind of worse is uh, Caramello's uh, lawyer is a gentleman named Mark Zaid. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I should have done a lot more research. Mm-hmm. Mark Zaid. Uh, he has, he initially started talking about removing Trump from office in June of 2017 and how the coup had started 
in June of 2017. Is that what he wrote? He wrote that on Twitter. Yeah. I, I like I should have had these things. Yeah, I should have had these things uh, nice. pulled up. But uh, he also. Well, had, we can't all be me. Then, right. I also don't know how to make it look the way that you make it look. So that's why I was like, I'm not going to put up an ugly tweet. <laughs> you just have just leave me up. You can have me just re 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 uh, re um re. What's the word I'm looking for? Mark Zaid also. The coup is coming, America. Reenact. Reenact. Let me reenact in America. Hi, I'm Mark Zaid. The coup's coming. <laughs> well, you should reenact this next one because he had a tweet from his past come up saying he had successfully gotten security clearances for people who had child porn issues. Arvin Vora was unavailable for comment. He got what? He got security clearances for people who had child porn issues. Tweeted this. It's on Twitter. I mean, great lawyering? Would you brag about it? (laughs) He is 100% going to be called to testify. Oh, yeah, and they're going to drag all that stuff up. Yeah, he, he's going to get called to testify. Like, this is going to be the most entertaining impeachment ever. Oh, yeah. Um, Hunter Biden is expected to be called, uh, and Joe is doing his absolute damnedest to make it so Hunter Biden does not have to actually testify. Um, yeah. The Dems are, the Dems, so. Yeah, I don't think they want that. The GOP put together this long list of uh, names of people they want called, and including Hunter Biden and Mark Zaid and Eric Carmelo. And, um, and there's no guarantee that the Dems will actually call these people because the Dems are right. in charge of it. Um, so what we're looking at is both sides are going to be attempting to smear the other side with their weakest links, right? So, and right. You're, you're going to have your uh, Mick Mulvaney saying that they don't want to go up there. And you're going to have uh, your Rex Tillerson saying that he never approached Nikki Haley about restricting what the president can do because they knew better. Right. Like you're going to, you're going to have all of these things going on and it's like, who's going to show up to testify and who's not going to show up to testify and who's going to be allowed to testify. And it's going to just turn this thing into a huge circus. But the one that I'm most curious about is there is rumor that uh, Adam Schiff will be t- called to testify and asked about the legitimacy of any of his investigations under oath. Isn't he the head of the impeachment, yeah. Curry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is just going to be a giant mess all this the way is, around. This is going to be the best circus since Barnum and Bailey joined forces and elephants started flying. Right. This is, I like that analogy. Um, and, but now, meanwhile, uh, even if the House Democrats vote down calling witnesses, the Senate can still call witnesses, right? Or they don't do that. Uh, I believe they can. The, yeah. So what I learned in researching how impeachment happens is that there are no rules. <laughs> It's the motherfucking right, thunder. right, right, yeah. It's, it's the motherfucking it, yeah. thunderdome in there. Like it's just we're doing it this way this time. It's like, well, no, we want to call witnesses. No, you don't get to call witnesses. And it's like, 
all right, well, we'll just have the Senate call witnesses. We won't listen to the Senate. And it, it, we're just making it up as it goes along. It, it's like, it's like if a right. kindergarten class was trying to prosecute somebody for taking the chalk. I don't know what happens in kindergarten. And classes. they're just like, and they're just like losing their minds on how to even go about doing that. Right. A congressional clusterfuck, as Tom Arnold just said. Yes. Nice. Absolutely correct, Tom. Yes. I guess that they were like... Tom Arnold, by the way, wants us to go to uh, their convention, too. In Tennessee? Tennessee Libertarian Convention. Where is it? City. What city? You don't know, do you? Tell him what city, Tom. <laughs> Where is it? I don't know. He hasn't said. I think, I think it's Nashville. Okay. Well, if it's if it's Nashville, uh, I'm down to go. I don't know. It's not. It's on, maybe Nashville. Only if we get to talk for at least 15 minutes, unscripted. I mean, we can do that anyway. On stage. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That would be fun. I'll, I'll get the bed. I'll bring the bed there like this so I can get up there. And, Hi, Tennessee. <laughs> We're sure that they'll love that. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be an absolute blast watching this impeachment. Um, I can't wait. What will be hilarious oh, it's in for Lebanon. both sides. The uh, city that it's being held in is Lebanon, which is the correct way oh. to pronounce that. Lebanon. It's outside of Nashville. Where is that? It's outside of Nashville. It's like 30 minutes outside of Nashville. Okay, so that's like your old stomping grounds. Right. And Tom says we can talk. Yes. When is it? Just let us know when it is. and uh... Just let us know when it is, Tom. (laughs) We'll we'll look online later. I'm sure that's all We will figure that out. So uh, everybody, look forward to seeing us at the Tennessee Libertarian Convention. Solid 15 minutes of talking. Solid 15 minutes of us just being, of us doing what we are doing right now when we aren't talking about anything in particular. Uh, Chris yeah. Reynolds says the congressional hearings in secession, the fantastic HBO show that a random caller got me to start watching, had as much of an impact on the world as the upcoming impeachment hearings. Yes. 100% accurate. Yes. Except I was much Correct. more upset by what <laughs> happened in the secession congressional hearings as opposed to what will happen in these Oh, January 11th. Yeah. Oh, we got time for that. Yeah, we got plenty of time. I'll make time. I'll make time. I'll make that work, Tom. Just in time for Tom Arnold. For to, you, Tom. To rest anything. up after delivering toys to all of the children all over the world. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah he's going to have a good time. That'll give him time to, to rest, relax, recharge. That will um, be perfect timing. Oh, yeah, I think the funniest thing that could happen with the impeachment is if they actually remove Trump to watch the Republicans freak out and then for Mike Pence to become president for everyone else to freak out. And then the fact that he might actually win re-election or election. Election. Which would just... Which would just... (laughs) So I so tune in for a fun time this year. Put yes. it that way. 
It's no matter what, their their goal is to impeach by Christmas. You know, Merry Christmas to you, Mr. President. Um, <laughs> their goal is to impeach by Christmas, uh, which means that by Thanksgiving of next year, Trump will be president still. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I it, I still say I know what the polls are saying. I think Donald Trump's still going to get forty six, forty seven percent of the vote, and that's plenty. Right. I think that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. He's just going to his entire campaign is going to be it. It was just one witch hunt after the other witch hunt after another witch hunt. No collusion. No conviction. His entire campaign. And whoever gets the nomination, half of the Democrat Party is going to hate. Yep. Those most of them will still come out and vote for them, but it's going to hobble them. It's either going to be. Joe Biden, who is Hillary Clinton with a penis and even more racist jokes and or Liz Warren, who scares all the Democratic donors or Bernie Sanders, who half of the party hates. Right. So. I don't see it. Although see Bloomberg that. Bloomberg is an option at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a the breaking news. A a. Shockwave was sent through two shockwaves happened in both the, in one in the Democrat and one in the Republican side. The Democrat side, Mike Bloomberg, uh, getting the exact same amount of tremendous pressure that Hillary Clinton was getting in 2020, decided to run in 2020 to the collective uh, bemused sigh of the Democratic Party. And then on the Republican side, uh, total game changer here. Mark Sanford has dropped out of the presidential race. Uh, who's Joe Jorgensen going to pick? <laughs> um, Pill Weld. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Joe Jorgensen just lost the person that is running for one of the other parties to uh, to support. To, to, who's the the most libertarian? Yes, of the group. <laughs> Is Joe, uh, Tom, is Joe Jorgensen going to be at the Tennessee convention? While we wait, we'll back, just leave that out. Yeah. Uh, while we wait to hear back from Tom, let's just sit here and say nothing until he answers. <laughs> it is time for personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law's favorite segment, which I don't have the graphic for, so he's going to yes. be very happy about that. Oh, and I don't have my. Nope. I, I didn't get my. I got to get my crisp laminated because he got kind of wrinkled up. Yep. At the convention, well, which I know, feel terrible about. Um, he's he's getting older. Um, he is getting yeah. You know, he's getting up there in paper. Not a, in paper he's not a years. spring chicken anymore. He's a, he's a mature seasoned seasoned gilf. That's right. Uh, the Chris or Reynolds filth. The personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds. Attorney at law. Anchor FM calling. Anchor calling. Quests. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with some Buttigieg bits. So we are starting to see candidates drop out from the Democratic primary race. And I'm curious as to how you think these various supporters are going to be reallocated 
um, to other candidates. Um, so, you know, if Andrew, you know, if, 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 if Yang drops out or Booker drops out, you know, where are these people going to go if we were to add these percentages together? And, you know, can we mathematically kind of figure out who's going to end up with the most at the end if we accurately predict where the supporters of someone who dropped out are going to go next. So uh, any any insights on that, I would appreciate. Thank you. That's actually... Man, I don't... Yeah, that is, that's yeah really, you can you start this one because I'm not sure. So the biggest name to drop out was Beto. Beto. Yeah. Now, I'm trying... His supporter... I don't know who his single sole supporter would go to. If I had, right. If I had to guess, I would say that probably what, Buttigieg. That's what I was thinking. Probably Buttigieg. Buttigieg isn't as progressive as Beto, but he's young and he's white, so I'm assuming that that's why they would go there. Yeah, but he's not as gay. As Robert Francis. Um, so there's that. Uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I was the only one that's dropped out that's really had enough support to really move the needle one way or the other. And even he, he dropped out. He was like 2%. Like, I mean, he wasn't really, I mean, he dropped out because he probably ran out wasn't of money. gaining traction. He probably ran out of money too. Well, and he, yeah, he, probably, he ran out of money, but he also had no traction. I mean, he had nothing to go on. Right. Um, I don't think you're going to really see big changes until even Yang and you know I hate to say it, but Marianne and Tulsi and the rest of like all together they have maybe like Yang's actually done well in a couple of polls, but overall maybe between all of them they've got you know five, six, maybe seven percent of the support, which is going to be kind of not necessarily evenly distributed, but I don't think any of them are going to go heavily towards one or another. I think a lot of Tulsi supporters just aren't going to support anyone else mm-hmm. because she's so anti-war. If anything, a lot of them might go libertarian or, or, or mm-hmm. green or just not participate. Right. Um, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I think so. It's going to take... Go ahead. I would... Kamala's going to be... She's going to be the first big one to drop out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which she's hurting herself because she's saying the reason that she's not doing better is because women don't want to vote for women are afraid to vote for a women of color. And right now, she if she was in a she said that yeah. Um, oh my god! If she was in Democrat a Democrat, women right? She's talking about Democrats. She is not talking like if it was in a right, general. Right, this is the election, Democrat primary. God. If if she was in the general election. Blame that on Republican women all day long, but you said that about Democrat right. women while you're running. Yeah, she's going to be the first one to go, uh, and and that's who she needed. She needed the support of all the Karens out there because she's like the head Karen. And Elizabeth Warren whiz, is whiz, is and always will be the head Karen. She has let me speak to your manager written all over her face. That's yeah. So, but I guess so Kamala like has just locked up more people. She, she's not, she's not, let me, she's not Karen. She's like the bitter cop who like plants drugs on you. Cause you cheated on her. Um, <laughs> or like swiped left. 
on Twitter, on Tinder or whatever, or Twitter. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's, yeah, she's not a, uh, yeah. And so when Harris, she needed out, those Karens, she needed those Karens and Harris will be dropped out in the next, uh, she'll be dropped out before New Hampshire, I think. Yeah, I, I think she'll stick around for Iowa because supposedly she has invested heavily in Iowa. And I think she'll just, because what the hell, she'll stick around for mm-hmm. Iowa. And when she comes in fifth or fourth or whatever and is not going to do well in New Hampshire or South Carolina, I think she'll 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 pack it up and probably endorse. I'm guessing she'll endorse Liz Warren. Yeah. Because she's got that anti-Biden, I was that girl that you segregated personally, even though she wasn't. Yeah, even, um, though, even though but that's not even accurate on any of it. Like, by, by a few years, that timeline's off. But she, um, yeah, I think she'll, I don't think she'll pick Bernie. I think she'll pick Liz. Yeah, I think she'll go and Liz. Then, and then, yeah. I think Bernie goes, I think most will go Liz, Liz Warren. Yeah. Uh, I think Booker, he'll go Biden because I think he'll see that as being more politically feasible. Possibly. I think the Liz Warren is becoming the consensus. I don't like Biden, but Bernie's too much. And I think he wouldn't win in the in the general. But I think I think Liz is a weak candidate. Yeah, I think that's going to do all the same stuff Hillary did. And right now, it's going to be between Biden, Liz, and Buttigieg. I think those are the top three to watch right now. Oh, you think Bernie's out? I think yeah, Bernie's out. Hmm. That's interesting because I mean, he has. If that's the case, here's the thing: he has a core group of people that they'll vote for him, or they'll vote, you know, Democratic. So. Socialists of America, or they'll vote, you know, American Socialist Party, or some, you know, some like other, other, you know, uh, Green Party, or something like that. They'll vote some other like far left party that they really don't care what the Democrats have to say, nor do they care if Bernie, because I mean, when Bernie endorsed Hillary, they weren't. I mean, a lot of them said no. A lot of Bernie Bros said no. So I, I mean, the fact that Bernie has so much weight in there is, is probably a big part of why. I still think Donald Trump's going to get reelected if he isn't removed in the impeachment. Right. Because I think a lot of them, enough of them won't show up that, that Trump will be able to get that 46% that he needs, 45, 46% that he needs distributed the right way so that he can, he can win reelection. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, uh, uh, that's interesting that you see Buttigieg. I mean, so Buttigieg is Biden without the baggage. Plus he's gay. So if Biden dropped out, Buttigieg would kind of. I think, I think Buttigieg could end up winning. Be if if Biden just bottomed out somehow, um, and everyone kind of rallied around Buttigieg because he is truly like Biden minus. He's Biden plus gay minus racist joke minus and really really bad history as a legislator, right? And minus being a boomer. Yep. And there's no proof that uh, Buttigieg has plagiarized any of his speeches yet. So. Right. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I, I think he. 
That's interesting that you see him in the top three. I would have said top four, but I still think Bernie's top three, but we'll see. Um, yeah, no, I, right now that's how I see the top three, just because I see Buttigieg on a slate. I'm watching his numbers, and they're going up. Like, he, he is appealing to... They are going up, yeah. He's appealing to the older Democrats because he's young, good-looking, white, gay. And he's appealing yeah. to the young because he's young, good-looking, white, gay. And yeah. the like the progressive don't, progressives don't like him, but no, they'll vote against. Yeah, Donald no, Trump. they don't. Uh, but uh, let's go to another Chris Reynolds call. Okay. Okay. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here, but Trump time. The Trump era, from my perspective, has has definitely created some sort of shift, both left and right, for the Republican Party to the right, the um, Democratic Party to the left, and more specifically, much more divisiveness. And what I would love to get your guys' opinion on is, is this the new normal? Um in a in a post-Trump world, are things going to revert back to something close closer to what they were prior to this, where we are yeah. worried about tan suits and affairs in the Oval Office, or is this the new normal and everyone's going to hate each other for the rest of time? Um, thanks. Yeah. So I would say. First of all, I, I, I think I have a different perspective on Republicans becoming more right and Democrats becoming more left. Their policies are roughly saying the same, although they're both becoming more authoritarian. So they're becoming more, you know, government needs to do something about X, Y, Z. But that's been a steady progression for a long time. They're becoming more tribal between Republican and Democrat. But, I mean, if you want to use the standard left-right scale, if anything, the Republican Party has moved very far to the left. They would have never supported a, a president uh, proposing universal child care or, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, rebranding Obamacare as Trump care or, um, you know, expanding uh, Medicare or, 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 you know, um, you know uh, the uh, uh, being against – uh, handing over the national parks to the states, um, they would have never supported this kind of stuff. The gun control stuff. They would have never supported red flag laws and stuff like that. They would have never supported this stuff in the at, at least in recent history. And they are because they become so partisan that if a Republican proposes something and and talks about how much they hate Democrats, then they're right. Um, so. And Democrats in the same thing. They can propose whatever they want now. And as long as they say how much they hate Republicans, then Democrats will say they're right, too. So it's that they're becoming more and more tribalist and partisan. Right. Is that a continuing trend? Yeah. And it's only going to get worse. The candidates are going to get more and more outrageous. The uh, cognitive dissonance on both sides is just going to get worse and worse and worse. The partisan anger between people worse and worse, which is going to mean that people are going to talk less and less about politics around each other because if you're, it's no longer okay for a close loved one of yours to disagree with you with which party's better 
they're evil. So people will talk less and less about politics, uh, except they'll only talk politics either in smaller and smaller partisan groups where they talk about how evil the other side is. So, yeah, this is going to continue. It's only going to get worse. Politicians are going to get away with more and more and more because, again, as long as they can keep half of the country thinking that they're okay by, by saying how much they hate the other side, they'll literally be able to do anything. I mean, the whole shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue will absolutely, it, it already is true, but it will absolutely be true. You'll be able to see politicians doing some of the most horrendous, horrific things uh, blatantly and unashamedly. And as long as they say how much they hate the other side, they'll totally get away with it. The second that they try to talk about across the aisle, uh, destroy, even though, again, both sides in reality are reaching across the aisle. Right now, Democrats and Republicans are working together to expend, extend, extend the Patriot Act, the uh, surveillance stuff, the spying stuff that's in the Patriot Act. So they absolutely come together when it t- comes time to infringe upon your rights and property and life. Um, but in terms of actually like the, the idea of them working together, they'll never admit to that. They, the other side has to be evil for this left-right rope-a-dope to work. So, no, it's only going to get worse. Right. I can't say anything onto that because Chris Reynolds says, I miss talking politics and having friendly debates. I do too. And the last time that uh, I was allowed to talk politics at a family gathering, somebody threatened to punch me in the face because I thought that we should pull all of the people uh, out of the Middle East and bring them home. Uh, And somehow that was my fault. I don't know how me yes. being threatened because I didn't want people to die uh, meant that it was my fault and I wasn't allowed to bring up politics. Uh, I also consider yeah. that winning the debate. That's part <laughs> of... Usually when someone revert, reverts to threats of physical violence, it's because you're beating them in the actual discussion. Try being <laughs> a uh, a Jew at a Jew family gathering who wants to cut off all aid to Israel and end all of the wars in the Middle East. It also reminds them that Israel was founded by Marxists and has no mention of God in its constitution or other founding documents because it was founded by atheist Marxists. Do you Try want, that one on offer size. Do you want to come over to my house for Thanksgiving? Um, <laughs> yes. That, that, yes. That will go over so well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, the divide is just going to get worse and worse and you're going to, and yeah, you're going to talk about it less and less. Like they say, not to, things not to talk about in a bar, religion and politics. That used to not be the case. You could talk nope. about those things in a bar because you could have similar. Like, and I think it started out as a bar at bars because alcohol makes people do stupid things. So they started fighting. <laughs> so it was like, okay, don't talk right. about this stuff at bars. And now it's don't talk about these things anywhere. And it's just going to continue to be that way. It's going to be keep your opinion to yourself. Yep. And it's just going to. It's just gonna. It's just gonna continue uh, making the divide worse and worse because we are now unable to talk about different opinions with each other without being threatened to be punched in the face. Right, and by people not being able to compare and contrast their beliefs in a in a in a good faith way, it's just gonna empower politicians to continue just crapping all over you. Because if you dare to get up and say, "I don't like politician X Y Z doing whatever." Someone's going to get up and go, oh, I guess you wanted 
whatever other terrible politician you also don't like, you wanted them to win instead because you hate America or you're a racist or right. you're a homophobe or you're unpatriotic or you want the Muslims to take over or you whatever, whatever they're going to say. I bet you hate the flag. Like, what, like whatever thing that they're going to say because they're unable and we see it all day long. Like any of us who, who make the stupid mistake on a regular basis of discussing political beliefs on the internet without fail, even on our page, we'll bring up something that Trump did and people go, well, you know, Democrats did that too. And we'll be like, yeah, we hated that when Democrats did it too. Right. Oh, I, well, I, they did it too. I don't, I don't see you yeah, guys no. saying anything. You guys didn't say anything when Obama did it. Well, we weren't a page when Obama did it. So yeah, we didn't have a page when Obama did it. it when the Democrat, the one good thing uh, about whenever the sides switch for who's president and who's in control of Congress is that we'll have a whole new group of people that will love everything that we criticize the current government. And we'll also have a whole new group of people who go, well, you know, Trump did that too. Yeah, no, we absolutely hated it when Trump did it. So, and this, and at least with that, we'll be able to show them like, here's the tweet, you know, here's our, our post or tweet or video or whatever of when we specifically said we disagreed with Trump doing that. But, uh, yeah, so no, it's only going to get worse. Right. Um, super fan Sarah Anderegg says that uh, people were reprimanded at work for having a conversation about politics. There was no animosity, just healthy debate and someone listening who reported it. And that is, that's the issue is you two rational human beings cannot have a civil debate without it offending somebody else. Yeah, I actually have found that being an anarchist has made it easier for me to debate stuff with people because they just kind of roll their eyes and like, well, that's crazy. But like, that's it's like they're okay with me being an anarchist, but not if I were like a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter or or a Harris supporter or a Bernie bro or whatever. Like that. Now you're we're in you know you're in my you know tribal fight. And you're either on my side or not. But when I'm like, yeah, I'm an anarchist. They're all a bunch of guards. They're all full of guards. So when I'll say, here's what I'll get. I'll say, when I don't want to really get into a long thing, I'll say, you know, I think they're all full of garbage. And they'll be like, yeah, you're right. All politicians are liars. And then they'll be like, but you know what I really hate? And they'll start talking about whatever side that they hate more than the other side that isn't their side. And they'll go, yeah, no, I don't. I just think they're all full of crap. And if they really push me, I'm like, yeah, I'm an anarchist. I don't think, you know, I think you own yourself. And I don't think anyone has should and they'll say well that sounds crazy but then they don't really get they don't really get as worked up as me saying like yeah i support donald trump or yeah i support hillary clinton or obama right. or whatever bernie whatever yeah i mean when when i would say oh I, i'm a libertarian which i stopped saying but when i was like i'm a libertarian that got me so much anger they're like oh you're just trying to ruin the the, the you're just trying to ruin the election for my guy. And that came from both sides. Right. And right, right, right. That came from both sides, exactly. Yeah, and now that I'm like, oh, no, I just hate all parties. I'm not even a member of a party. People just, they tell me what they think. And in my head, I judge them. But I just kind of listen and kind of, yeah, okay. Whatever. Yeah, they all yeah. suck, don't they? Um, one last call from personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. For the fan favorite, AOC, Millennial Minute. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with the AOC Millennial Minute. 
where we ask the, the difficult questions. I'd really like to know from both uh, Matthew and Spike their opinion Matthew. on... Okay, first of all, <laughs> before we go any further, if you want questions answered on this show, and I'm going to give Chris a pass on this one, never call me Matthew. Ever. That is a no. I will not... After this... There will never be another time that that question will be finished playing. That is that is a hard no. You are not my mother. <laughs> the whole Ukraine scandal. Specifically, I understand that pragmatically there's not going to be a removal. There's going to be an impeachment, but no removal of Donald Trump. But what I would like to know from each of you is... Do you think that Donald Trump should be number one impeached and number two yes. removed based on the facts that we know yes. from the transcript and other things? Thanks. I'll let you go first. Uh, do I think he should be impeached? Yes, I think pretty much anybody that's in office should be impeached. Um, should he be impeached for this? Well, why not? I, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Seems as good of reason as any. Like, um, sure. Yeah. You know, if we're just throwing darts anywhere. Yeah. Um, Jacob LaBelle, I will ban you from this page. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, for oh, is he calling you yeah. that name? Yes. Um, well, I bet super fan Sarah Anderig would never do that. She can. She falls under a different set of rules. Um, I, I'm aware of that. Yes. Um, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. But yeah, uh, should he get impeached for this? I, why, yeah, again, why not? Like, I would have. Sure. Sure. I, we, we haven't really impeached anybody for anything important ever. So, I mean, maybe Johnson back when he was impeached and not convicted, but. Everything else, like the other time, wasn't anything important. Like, what he did is not the worst thing he has done. But if you're going to do it, yeah. Like, even that day. Right, yeah, that's probably low on the the level of uh, constitutional violations that he probably committed that day. Yeah. So my thing is, I, I agree with Matt 100%. Yes, sure. I think Chris's question is basically like, do you think that this falls under what should be considered an impeachable offense? Which, I mean, I guess, yeah, again, also, yeah, sure, why not? Mm. I mean, so is it corrupt? Is withholding something which already has been, uh, has already been delegated, spent, in a certain way and which apparently now they're saying that uh, uh, supposedly I think Bloomberg, one of, one of the, the, the news outlets is saying that they have proof that Trump never actually authorized releasing the, um, the, the money. It was the state department who unilaterally decided that the white house didn't even have the authority to tell them not to release it. So they just went ahead and release it. And it's possible that it was none other than John Bolton who made that decision a week before he was told to leave. Right. Which, if that's the case, now you've got some serious potential 
impeachment uh, fodder for the Democrats. But regardless, is that impeachable to the extent of is that a corrupt use of office? Yeah. Here's the problem. Here, here's the problem with this is I, so so badly. I want to go. This is no worse than what any president has done in the past that we haven't impeached them for. But we just stated Correct. we can't say that. You shouldn't say that. In our last segment, right. we just but said it, that you can't do that. We said that? Yeah, it's like, you know, well, you must like Hillary. You must support Hillary. Or you must want the... You must, you didn't say anything when Obama said it. Like... We made fun of people for saying that, but I was getting ready to say it, and I was like, "Crap, I can't say that now." But it no, but it, but 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 it is true. We're not we're not uh, uh, saying that that's a reason not to impeach him. We're just saying like every president has done something like this and worse. And then even in terms of what's legal, the stuff, the worst stuff that presidents do. Here's my anarchist minute. Uh, the Spike Cohen anarchist minute. The worst stuff that presidents do are completely, completely legal. They they imprison countless people for victimless crimes. They murder countless people around the world for no good reason. They they lock people in cages for daring to walk across a line to seek a better life. Like it it it's those in my mind are the things that people should be removed from office for for from the top to the bottom. Did he commit a a a, a crime according to you know, the U.S. Code of Laws when it comes to how he handled this? Yeah, probably. And the fact that he did it in such a ham-handed way is why it's even being, like, his biggest, the reason he's being impeached is because he did it in, or facing being impeached, is because he did it in such a stupid way. Like, he wasn't sly about it at all. Uh, and so many of his underlings refused to, to cooperate with some of his worst orders. Um, which is why it's all kind of falling apart. Um, but you know, this also speaks to the fact that when a coercive entity is able to rob you as much as they want to under penalty of, of law, if you don't comply, yeah, you're going to have some really scummy people doing all sorts of scummy stuff with that money, including refusing to release it unless they can you know, use it to try to hurt one of their political opponents or something like that. So, I mean, this is par for the court for that stuff. But is it impeachable? Yeah. And it, and is the, the uh, uh, Republican Senate going to vote to remove him? Uh, only if they perceive that the backlash they'll get from the general public for not doing it is greater than the backlash they'll get from their the voting base of Republicans for voting to remove him which it's going to have to be a lot worse for Trump than it is right now to get that many Republicans to vote or just a lot of Republicans who fall over the side or, or don't care if they get reelected or not, which I don't see that happening. So right. no, they're, um, they're going to care about their reelection bid more than they're, they're going to care about their too many of them are want to get reelected or at least have a shot at it. But is this a crime according to the, you know, the U S code of laws or whatever? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's not good. If, if, if he, if he, which, which he's saying at this point, he's all but said this was, he'll say no quid pro quo, but then when he describes what he did, he's describing a quid pro quo for political reasons. So yeah, I'd say so. And also, yeah, I want to preach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick. This wasn't in our notes, but I read this this morning. The Supreme court 
Did you read about uh, what they did today? I did not. They decided not to hear on whether or not the victims of Sandy Hook could sue Remington, which means that for the first time ever, a gun manufacturer is going to be sued for a mass shooting. I think that the, the, so, this makes absolutely no sense to me that the Supreme Court wouldn't hear this. And this is this is that Republican Supreme Court we've heard so much about that's going to protect our rights. Guess what happens if every manufacturer whose guns are used in a shooting can be sued? Guess what's not going to happen anymore? Guns being made. Right. And if that's the case, like, you know, the slippery slope fallacy and all that, like, I'm willing to use it here, but could I sue Jack Daniels for my alcoholism? So this slippery slope started uh, the tobacco company lawsuits. Yes. And now they were able to show that tobacco companies were, you know, intentionally trying to release studies, you know, saying that tobacco, you know, cigarettes couldn't hurt you and stuff like that. So that, there was some dicey stuff there. But at the end of the day, everyone knew cigarettes were bad for you. Everyone knew that cigarettes were addictive. Everyone knew cigarettes caused cu- uh, lung cancer for at least the last, at that point, 30, 35 years. And now it's, you know, 50 something Everyone knew that, but you know, there weren't enough people that were going to stick up for Philip Morris and, uh, uh, um, the other one, um, the other one. Yep. I can't remember the big tobacco. No one was going to stick up for big tobacco. And so they stuck it to them and they're still paying out those ridiculous settlements and, oh, okay, great. Now it's the gun manufacturers. Right. And then what happens when it's the freaking alcohol companies or, you know, I got drunk. Okay. Right. Like, why, why are you drinking? Like, like, instead of, so let's say you get, you, uh, head on collision, drunk, drunk driving, head on collision. You can now blame the alcohol or the car and not the person driving it. The person who decided to drink and drive, right, and 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 harm someone. Yeah, no, it's 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 what's happening. And and what's funny is, what's going to happen as a result of this? This coupled with the era of internet black markets, additionally coupled with the upcoming, we're just in the most you know infant stages of three D printing. When you make it so that there's not a really good way for companies to mass produce anything because they'll be sued if it's misused by anyone. Everyone's just going to be illegally 3D printing everything. Yep. So the people who think this is going to lead to to gun control, it's, it's actually in the long run going to lead to the opposite. It's going to lead to a bunch of people, you know, in their basements printing out whatever the hell they want that they can get, you know, schematics for, which is everything. Because um, there's already all sorts of precedent that says that you can't limit the you can't make illegal a schematic of something a a blueprint for how to make something no matter what it is and i mean you're just going to see people making all this stuff themselves uh and and you know making their own alcohol and their own 
cigarettes in their own whatever else and selling it online. Like it, it, it's going to lead, you know, all the people that will explain how if you ban abortion, people will just get abortions in back alleys with coat hangers. Can't seem to fathom that that works for everything else, too. Right. Yeah, uh, Chris Reynolds said this is a massive defi- massive decision with huge ramifications, and it's like Roe v. Wade or Citizens United level importance. And he's right. Like yes. the fact it's also been un- widely underreported. I, I happen to catch it uh, just on like a random last minute show note kind of things. And I was yeah. going to add it, but then that's when everything was breaking on me, and I forgot to. Um, but. Yeah, right now the Supreme Court said we're not going to hear this, so that means that it stays where it was. Which, yes, the victim where they can move forward with the lawsuit. Yeah, they can move forward with the lawsuit. That loss goes down, and go ahead. Uh, Depending on where this lawsuit is taking place, will make a massive difference on what happens. Like. Because if it, if it happens in uh, Sandy Hook was in uh, Connecticut, yeah, yeah. If if this happens in Connecticut, Remington's going to be found uh, responsible for what somebody did. Yeah, a person. A did. person. Yeah, a, with a gun that complied with all laws related to it. So it could still, my understanding is, is it could still end up in the Supreme Court. And, 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 and that might be what they're thinking is we're going to let this get adjudicated at, at the court level and then let it work its way up in appeal. Either way, it's going to get appealed. So if it gets ruled that you're not at, that's going to get appealed all the way up as far as it can. If it's ruled that they are at fault, it's absolutely going to get appealed all the way up as far as like the people who think this is a good idea are not really thinking about and this is true in general when people celebrate you know government getting more power or the private market getting less power individuals and 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 and, and, you know companies and manufacturers and so forth the, the private sector which includes you getting less power they're not looking at the big picture of what's going to happen there Slippery slope, there is a fallacy to that, because, but part of the fallacy is that it's going to slip anyway. But the reality is when you give government power, they're going to keep taking that power and they're going to use it. They're going to use that newfound power however the hell they want. So if you think that's not going to end, that it's only going to end with you know stuff you don't like and they're not going to come after you next, then you haven't paid attention to the entire history of government in every country ever. Right. So. Yeah, that's probably actually the biggest news story of the week. But that, that's a huge story, actually. It yeah. is a huge story. But really, I mean, that, that is, there's nothing that else is, you can really say about it other than the ramifications for this are immeasurable at this point. That will affect your life so much more than anything related to Trump or the Ukraine at all. Right. Like it, those things will not affect you. This, this, both in how it will relate to gun manufacturers and how it will relate to everything else, will be absolutely huge, one way or the other. Because hopefully, the way it'll be huge is that this, you know, however long it takes in, in appeals or whatever else, 
that this lawsuit gets defeated and that that's now on the books that, you know, you can't sue a manufacturer for making something that someone, you know, abuses or, or uses in a, in a bad because that's going to work its way. I mean, that's car manufacturers. That's alcohol companies. That's, that's, uh, that's food companies. Big pharma. If, if, if big pharma. Well, they're already doing that with the, the opioid companies that, yeah. you know, they've been making all the all these these darn pills and, you know, letting them get prescribed to people. Um, the or selling them when doctors prescribe them. Uh, the the big one is going to be when food companies, you know, start getting sued because you know processed foods lead to higher rates of cancer. Like I mean, it's just so, it's yeah, not like going the fast food, you're going to like it. The fast food industry getting sued because you're getting fat. Yeah, because you're getting literally because you're getting fat. Like it's going to be, it is going to be ugly and stupid and depending on which side it is that's you know perceived to benefit from it they'll be cheering it on and then when it happens to them they'll be like oh my god i can't believe this is happening well that's you you demanded this right so enjoy yeah chris reynolds actually uh just messaged this last week there was a local uh city council meeting up in clearwater and they were considering to ban kratom which for anybody who hasn't been watching our show a long time, Kratom is kind of one of the reasons this show exists. Uh, mainly Kratom, right. but Kratom's a big part of it. But it's something that uh, the DEA banned and then reversed the ban. The FDA has been trying to get it banned, but they haven't been able to do it. Um, and the eight-person city council was considering a ban on Kratom. Eight people were going to tell the entire city, no. They ended up not going through with it. Because so many people showed up to say, no, don't do this. And they were afraid of losing re-election. This is the same uh, city council that famously tried to ban a religion. Uh, and then that religion ended up taking over the city. <laughs> so ironically, if they banned Kratom, giving their history, Clearwater might become the center of Kratom production. That's already yeah, St. Pete. Like, that's already St. Pete. Like, we're right down right. the road, and you were thinking about doing this. Like, it makes yeah. no sense. Uh, Chris Reynolds has a counterpoint no. to our arguments in lawsuits allow people to self-govern through juries. They, sure. But, but, but again, self-government, the idea of self-government is, self-government is, I decide what I do. Um, any government is any, any attempt of me to impose my will on you is just another form of the state or, or government. However, whatever words I try to use, if it's a voluntary thing and I'm making you comply with it, it's just another form of the state. It may be coming directly from me. It may be a direct democracy or direct action as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, you know, through a, a, a third party or something like that. But self-government is me choosing something for me and working with others in a voluntary manner to choose things for ourselves. Um, that's my definition of self-government outside of the state. I, I think lawsuits can be effective tools when you're using them, for example, to sue for your civil rights against the state. You're using the apparatus of the state that it allows you to sue to stop them from harming you. 
Um, but when you're going after a private manufacturer for the fact that just even a private entity for the fact that someone used a product they made to harm, to do something bad, something that it was not intended to do, something to harm others, what you're effectively doing is an end run. It's just another way of legislating something. Right. You're just, so is it, is it self in that it's the individual, individual people doing it? Yeah. But if you think that, I mean, if anyone thinks that the Sandy Hook family isn't getting powerful backing from powerful people in office that want gun control to happen sooner than later, then, I mean, you, you don't think Michael Bloomberg and other people like that are going to, are going to be instrumental that the, 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 the government, uh, uh, sanctioned and, and, and sponsored, uh, major media isn't going to, you know, you know, promote this as much as they can when it starts to really ramp up. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I see what you're saying. And, and I, again, I like the, the system of tort or the system of, of, of lawsuits in general, when it's used for people to, to appeal for their own rights and property from the state. Um, it's really a form of direct action that isn't violent. Um, but I, I, I think applied like this, it's just another way for the government to control you in a roundabout way. So, yeah. yeah. So speaking of. No segue. None. None. No. Speaking of a dead family. Um, a Mormon community in La Mora, Mexico. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of gun violence. Yep. Was rocked by the slaying of six children and their three moms uh, this past week. Mexican uh, authorities claim that the cartel who committed this heinous act mistook them for a rival gang. Yep. That is the official statement from the Mexican government. Uh, the three Mormon mothers and their six kids, two, two of which were eight-month-old twins, uh, were mistook for rival gang members, and uh, they ended up dying in a fiery car explosion. How do you mistake Mormons, six of whom are children, two of whom are newborns, as a rival for a Mexican gang. As a Mexican cartel. Yep. That is some bad vision. That is some really bad vision. That is some Bernie Sanders 2020 vision. I am surprised that they were able to hit them with their aim if they if their vision take away that they got the takeaway from looking at them that yep. This is definitely a rival gang and not a deeply religious family of mostly children. Yep. So were they American? Yeah, they were American. The they were they were actually getting ready to go back to the States. Uh, one was on her way to Montana to meet up with her husband. One was on her way to somewhere else to meet up with her partner. And then the other one was going to be going back to the community, to the community in Mexico. Um, Somebody just told me I was cute. Thanks, Dylan. Um, but uh, yeah, they they were just on their way to go drop these people off to their respective places, and uh, they were mistaken for a 
rival Mexican cartel. Because Mormons, as we know, really seem to fit the stereotypical cartel look. Mexican cartel. Your average white Mormon, if you see a white Mormon walking down the street, your first thought is, I'm about to be harmed by a Mexican drug cartel. Yep. I, uh, yeah, so that's... That's a thing. Gonna have to... That's definitely a thing. So could, could you imagine Mitt, Trump tweeted Mitt, about this, right? Imagine Mitt Romney. Yes, being mis- Mitt Romney. being mistaken for a Mexican cartel member. That is what yeah, this Mitt is. Romney, Mitt Romney, known cholo. <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, the the all-powerful President Trump tweeted out, if Mexico needs to request help cleaning out these monsters, the United States stands ready, willing, and able to get involved and do the job quickly and effectively. This is the time to wage war, all caps, on the drug cartels and wipe them off the face of the earth. Now. Like the Taliban. Like the Taliban. Like Al-Qaeda. And the like ISIS. Like all of the places we have been waging war for the last 50 years, 60 years, 70 years in order to wipe these, wipe, okay, he just said wipe them. I was going to use the same pejorative, but he didn't use one, uh, to wipe these people off the face of the earth. And yet, that's not what's happening. The easiest... No, it turns out that, yeah. The easiest, fastest... Easiest, fastest, and most effective way to wipe out a drug cartel is to cut off their line of money. Right. So the little history lesson, guys. Uh, if you really want to ever make your grandparents upset, ask them about prohibition, and they'll tell you a story about the time that the government overreacted to people getting intoxicated and har- harming each other by banning an entire substance. And that instead of everyone stopping using that substance, they instead got it illegally. And so powerful cartels that smuggled the substance they were went around the, the country and selling it became incredibly powerful. The use of the substance went through the roof. Yep. Crime overall went through the roof. Yep. Murder rates went through the roof. Yep. And then something real magical happened. The people in that government said, hmm, this isn't working. Let's just make it legal again, but put some 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 uh, let the states regulate it. And so they banned it or they they repealed the ban by the constitutional amendment, no less. And well, they what they repealed the constitutional amendment banning it. Yeah, so they, they added a new constitutional amendment banning the old constitutional <laughs> nullifying the old constitutional amendment. Right. And something magic happened. All those cartels dried up and went away. Some of them went legit. Some of them just withered on the vine. Some of them got into doing something else that was illegal, gambling or prostitution or other types of drugs. But they lost their main source of revenue. The crime rate dropped. The use of this specific substance, in this case alcohol, dropped. And everyone was happier. So you have them tell them tell you that story. And you go, wow, that sounds like when they banned alcohol, it made it worse. And they'll say yes. 
And then you can say, why don't we do that with all the other drugs too? And you can watch something weird happen inside their brain. Well, they get really mad at you and threaten to punch you at Thanksgiving like they did to Matt. Which, oddly enough, that may have happened at, during a prohibition conversation at one point, too, with a different family member. Um, Probably so. Yep. But, yeah, shortly after they uh, repealed prohibition and they said, you know what? You can drink again. States can decide how, whether or not you, you as a specific individual are allowed to drink. Uh, basing on age or amount of alcohol or whether or not you can right, drink on right. a Sunday, um, whatever. Uh, the government then went, well, let's get weed. Let's get rid of weed. And so they banned weed yep. shortly after they were like, okay, well, they have their alcohol back. Let's get rid of weed. And then mm-hmm. everything else started getting banned after that. And much like with alcohol, the rates of people using this continue to go up and up and up, which means there needs to be a supply. The supply has been given to us at one point in my life, thankfully so, from Mexican cartels. Because God bless them for getting me through my 20s. Um, <laughs> the easy way to end Mexican cartels and Mexican cartel violence is to legalize or uh, decriminalize all of the drugs and then they will be, they'll be made safer. They'll be made here. (laughs) There'll be competition, legitimate competition where people will continue to try to make a better, safer product because they want you coming back to use their product and prices will go down. And for anybody out there, and I'm looking at one specific person who's watching the show right now, Prices will go down from the exorbitant amount of cost that you already spend on cocaine. So, and here's what, you know, and and Mexican government, who at this point is facing cartels that are basically as powerful as them. The Mexican government is on in, I think, year two of a five-year plan to decriminalize all drugs. And they are begging the U.S. and Canada to join them in doing this and decriminalizing, legalizing, whatever, ending the prohibition on these drugs because they recognize that it hasn't worked other than to make cartels incredibly powerful and removing that will completely shrivel up the power and money that these cartels are getting. They'll have to go legit or they'll wither on the vine and die or they'll get into some lesser thing that will make them far less money. They'll lose the power that they have and, uh, and, and, and things will be things will be better for these these poor people in these war torn parts of of especially in northern Mexico, but really throughout Mexico at this point, and and in some of the border cities in the states. I mean, it's just really really bad, and there's no good reason for it. Um, and and I mean, obviously this can be applied to to other stuff as well. But ending that war on drugs would be huge. And by the way, for those who think the government gives a crap about you or your safety or your health. The government sponsors drug cartels in Mexico and elsewhere right. to go against the government-sponsored cartels that are sponsored by other governments. And they use them as like a proxy war to, to create money and revenue 
for their intelligence agencies for clandestine operations that they don't want to have to request congressional funding for. If they gave a crap about you, they wouldn't be doing that. It's all about control. It has nothing to do with your health or anything else. It's about controlling you. The U.S. military is currently in Afghanistan right now protecting the population field of the Taliban. Uh, the reason that the uh, opioid epidemic happened started in the place because the price of opioids is at an all-time low because the uh, main poppy source of poppies is in Afghanistan during the time of the Taliban. The Taliban, who was incredibly religious and, you know, that kind of stuff is not allowed. They destroyed all but a few of the they, they pretty much ended the poppy trade in Afghanistan, which made the price of all narcotics, heroin, opium-based drugs go way up. Military topples the Taliban or takes them out of power, and it's now the U.S. Army. Your best, your your loved ones are being sent overseas to protect poppy fields. It can be brought over here by CIA-sponsored drug cartels, so that your loved ones can get sick and die from it when they come back as wounded veterans with PTSD. So they don't care about you; they care about controlling you. If you truly want to see things get better, you do a, 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 a you, you you end the war on drugs. And if you really want to, to fight, you know, spend government money to fight the drug epidemic, do what Portugal did. Instead of locking people up for their entire lives, get them help. Yeah. Or you could do it with your own money. Get them help. Yeah. In in Portugal, if you get arrested, uh, if you get arrested for possession, because they'll they'll still bring you in. Yeah, they'll bring you in and they go, do you plan on quitting? And you say, no, they go, OK. And they just release you and they take your drugs from you. If you say, yes, I want help, they will put you in a program. Now, I'm not a big fan of government sponsored programs, but that's still better than right. throwing them in prison. That is. It's, not just, it's better. It's actually much more effective. Now, the private sector doing it would be even more effective, but that's a whole other subject. Government action to stop drug addiction should look like the government actually trying to stop drug addiction, not throwing people in prison, because now they'll be, they'll be drugged up in prison. And if and when they ever get out, now they're a junkie who's been in prison for most of their life. To, it comes out to a world that doesn't even look like what they went in, what it looked like when they went in 15, 30, 40 years ago. They're completely unable to, to adjust to that life. And often they, they commit crimes because they don't know how to do anything else. And half of them want to just go back to prison because they don't even know what the, the real world's like. That doesn't help anyone. If, if the government actually wanted to help people, if you wanted tax dollars to be used to stop uh, uh, the drug epidemic, put them in rehab. Like, get them help. Right. Or better yet, just let them do what they want. And if, if, if they want to get help, stop robbing them so that they can afford to get help or so that someone else can afford to help them. But at the very least, I would much prefer the government putting a bunch of people in reach if they ask for it than for them to you know keep you know filling up these prisons endlessly with, with, with junkies and, and, and people who are – you know, are you know a lot of drug dealers? When we when we hear about drug dealers, we get this vision in our head of these drug kingpins who are you know out crushing their competition. Or Most drug dealers that are in jail are people who had a drug habit and would buy enough to sell some of it so that they could afford their own drug habit. So really, they're arresting people for being addicted to drugs, right? And putting them in prison for the rest of their lives because they care so much about them. 
So you want to end the drug cartels. You want to end the, the, the or at least reduce, because there's always going to be people that are, are going to have addiction problems. But you want to reduce these problems and get rid of the drug cartels in the process. Decriminalize the drugs, legalize the drugs, let people do what they want with their bodies. Yeah. And same thing with the sex trade. And Joe Jorgensen. Um, Joe Jorgensen. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people will argue, like if you start arguing why drugs should be legal, they'll say, well, I don't think that children should be able to uh, just walk into 7-Eleven and buy meth. Okay, well, one, you're giving them meth anyway by this point, because seriously, your kid's probably on yeah. Adderall or Ritalin or something. So you've already probably. done that. But on the other side of it, everybody that is going to go to 7-Eleven to buy meth is going somewhere else to buy meth right now. Right, there, including your kids. Including your kids. There isn't a single person out there who's like, well, this is legal, let's give it a shot. Instead, they're going... Meth? Meth? Heroin? Oh, well, heroin, I can pick heroin up at CVS. Let me just go pick that up, because I heard that's a rocking good time. And yeah, it is, but I don't yep. recommend it to people. Right. Sex dolls. In at least most states, there is nothing banning 7-Eleven from selling sex dolls. Do you know why they're not selling sex dolls? It's not because they wouldn't make a bunch of money selling sex dolls. It's because most people would say, I'm not going to that 7-Eleven. They sell sex dolls. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm going in there and buying sex, sex dolls. Would 7-Eleven sell weed? Probably. Probably. Would they sell? Would, would a lot of them sell weed if they could? Yeah, sure. Probably. Probably. Would and, and still not. But are they going to sell heroin? No. If they, if some of them did, who cares? And they're, and, are they going to sell heroin to kids knowingly? Probably. We live in an era. Go ahead. I was going to say probably not. No, they are they are much less likely to sell heroin to kids than the local street dealer who's, like Spike said, trying to sell to support his own habit. He'll sell it to a kid. Right. Because he's trying to support his own habit. Yeah, they'll absolutely sell it to a Seven Eleven's been selling yep. beer to support their habits for years. <laughs> they don't need to throw the heroin on. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, if, 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 we live in an era, we live in a society, we live in an era where businesses get shut down because it's perceived that they did something racist to a customer, and that gets put on Twitter. And whether it was actually racist or not what they did, it, there's enough public outcry that a lot of them either apologize or fire the person involved or go out of business or whatever, okay? We had a guy whose you know, uh, uh, dental practice ended because he killed a lion in Zimbabwe. So if you think in that era of cancel culture that 7-Eleven is going to be selling your eight-year-old heroin, no, they're not. No. They're not. No. They're not. Every parent on earth wouldn't rest until that business, the company was, was changed their practice. That's and, not going to happen. And odds what are, is going to happen is – go ahead. And odds are when you take your child to the doctor for – whatever malady they happen to have, they're going to prescribe them the medically approved alternative that is meth or heroin. That is meth anyway. Ritalin is literally meth. 
it's just the dosage amount that you're taking. If you took that whole bottle, you'd die. But if you took, you know, five days of your Ritalin, it, it would be like, you know, smoking a bunch of meth. Here's the thing. Supposedly, if your kid does well on Ritalin, then they'd have the same effect on meth. Now, I'm not telling you to get meth for your kid because it's not dosed right and, you know, they're making it in terrible toxic conditions. And meth is bad. But here's the thing. Your kid's not going to be buying heroin from the store or meth from the store. They might, Where they are likely to get it from now or then is from some junkie who's trying to support their own habit. And you're going to have fewer junkies out there if instead of locking them up every time you find one using, you actually get them help so that the whole addict culture can be fought against. You know, there used to be huge opium dens everywhere. And, 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 and eventually, you know, people moved on to stuff that wasn't as deadly as, or most of the cases, wasn't as deadly as opium. But for a long time, you had people like entire cities full of people in opium dens. Like, I mean, you can break, you can break cult, uh, addiction culture by fighting the, the root causes, which are often related to mental health issues that, that cause those addictions in the first place, not by locking up millions of people. The U.S., as the largest, both by percentage of the population and just sheer number of people, the U.S. has something like a third of the world's prison population. And that's down from its all-time high. We have less than 5% of the world's population and nearly a third of its prison population. We have more people in prison than China, which is a communist dictatorship of 1.4 billion people. If this were have the lowest crime rates on earth which we do not we'd have the lowest rates of addiction on earth which we do not and we'd have the lowest rates of you know property crime and and and, and every and, and drug use and everything else on earth which we do not so it's not working let's do the other thing michael ritz wants yeah. to know how do we force people to get help without government compulsion is you don't force people to get help you with, don't you don't but they, I have never in my and I I know hundreds upon hundreds of people who have had addiction problems or still have addiction problems. I guess technically we all still have them, but right. But people who have either overcome whatever they've been addicted to and they still struggle with it, but they're not using, or people who still have it. There is not a single one of them that I know that hasn't at some point said, "I need help." Yeah. And they want the help. It's just whether or not they can get the help. Yeah. You're talking to two people who, for various reasons and at various times in our lives, chose to stop. It did not take government compulsion to get us to do it. We had the means and the support to do so. And so we did. And I, I, I'm Matt, you're going on how many years now? Uh, just past five. Just past five years. And I'm coming either, I forget my date, but it's like 13 years now. So, first of all, you don't need government compulsion for, for a lot of us. And and a, a lot, like Matt said, there were very few junkies who were like, yeah, this is great. I'm just going to do this to the end. Most, most addicts want help. It's a combination of fear of the withdrawals, which they've often had withdrawals just from times that they were even trying to get the drugs and just didn't get it in time. Yep. So fear of that, 
the fact that even when they go through all of that and they get sober, they don't have a lot of support because, you know, people in their lives have kind of, you know, written them off because of the stuff they did when they were addicts. So now they're just sort of by themselves and sober and dealing with that. Um, and the fact that their social circles are still very heavily in uh, addiction and enabling of addiction, um, all, all of those things that government compulsion does not fix. So I think, again, you do so much more with education and giving people help. Again, we don't like government programs of any kind. If someone yes tomorrow said, let's end the war on drugs and replace it with universal uh, um, um, rehab. universal rehab for anyone who wants it, I yes, easily. Is that my preferred solution? No. no. Would I take that in a freaking heartbeat? Absolutely. That's going to do far better in, in stopping addiction, not just on the individual level, but on the community level, way more than what they've been doing now. Right. And the proof of that is in places like Portugal and Spain who have who have realized the error of their ways and have tried the other way and seen actual real market reductions in 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 drug use and, and in violence. And people like people have asked because I, I talk about this a lot is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. People ask, they're like, yeah, but people on drugs, they, what if somebody on drugs goes out and they uh, get into a car accident or rob somebody or something like that? They've right, committed right, a crime. Right. They have committed a crime. If now they, they did, yeah. Now they have yep. committed a crime. You can charge them and throw them in jail for committing the crime, not for them being right. on the drugs. And the fact that they chose... And then if they argue that the drugs made them do it, it's like, well, you chose to use the drugs. You committed the crime. Like, right, is... you chose to use the drugs. Exactly, exactly. We don't charge. So if someone, you know, eats too much, you know, eats so much candy that they're on a freaking, you know, candy bender and, you know, they get in an argument with someone and beat them up or something like that, you don't charge them for eating too much candy. You charge them for assault. Right. So, yes, if someone's on drugs and does these things, yeah, throw the you know, they, 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 you know, drive, cause an accident, they, you know, uh, rob someone, whatever. Yeah, of course, those, those are actual crimes. You've actually um, robbed someone of their life, their, their well-being, their safety, their rights, or their property. Um, that's not, oh, it's, it's pre-crime. Charging someone for drugs because they might do something else or they're more likely to do something else is pre-crime. That's the, that's the whole argument of you shouldn't have a gun because you could use it to, you know, commit a mass shooting or murder someone. Pre-crime. Yes, that gun is for shooting people. No, I haven't actually used it to murder anyone. No, my intention is not to use it for anything other than self-defense or, you know, target shooting or whatever. And, and, and charging me for the possession of something that I could potentially use. Same thing with this, like, Remington lawsuit thing. You know, going after me because I could potentially do something with this is a terrible slope. Um, um, and it leads to, you know, again, if, if, if someone if someone using drugs, being more likely to do something bad means that the drug should be illegal, then a bunch of other stuff that's legal that all of us do that might make us more likely to do something bad should also be illegal. And it, it shouldn't. Charge people when they actually do something wrong. Right. Am I still here? Yeah, you're still yeah, here. Okay. Um, okay. You just had a great point, so I was letting it sink in for everybody. Yeah, let, everybody, let, let, let that sink in for a minute, America. Kim, 
Libertarian 2020 presidential candidate Kim Ruffs asked if you're literally laying, lying down on this one. And yes, Kim, he is. He is literally yes. lying down. I'm literally one. lying down. Hi, America. This, uh, if I ever ran for anything, this video will be a lot full of a lot of blackmail worthy screenshots. And I accept that. I was less or more sexy when I was holding the pillow. You were. Because I didn't feel more sexy. You were less sexy. But I feel sexy. like it should be more sexy. It, it wasn't. It was so much worse. Is this worse? Oh, America. I wish for a pillow. <laughs> yeah, no, that's worse. Uh, so, uh, to close out, let's travel over to the Far East. Oh, wow. To to our favorite bastion of freedom in the Far East, Hong Kong. Oh, God. What happened there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yesterday? I believe this was yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I put that in the notes. Good for me. The notes that I wrote yesterday, I wrote yesterday because I was like, remember this. <laughs> uh, remember yesterday. that this was yesterday. Remember this was yesterday. Uh a protester was shot by a police officer during a demonstration yesterday. Uh, we have the picture, which is a screen grab from a video of the event uh, up right now. And that is of the police officer literally shooting the protester point oh, uh... blank. Uh, this was done during a roadblock protest. Uh, police had shown up to disperse the crowds. Uh, the, the protester was standing on the sidewalk and he was staring at the police officer, not willing to move. And the cop shot him. The people who were being blocked got out of their cars and started yelling at the cop and calling him a murderer. Oh, wow. The crowd was then uh, sprayed with pepper spray to try to get them to disperse. Things in Hong Kong, not really uh, yeah. lessening, even a little bit right now. On the other side of this spectrum, because we know that with every great movement, there's going to be bad people. Right. <laughs> On the other side of this spectrum, a middle-aged man reprimanded a group of protesters. He accused them of lacking patriotism for the motherland. The protesters set him on fire. This situation is reaching just like mass. I can't think of the right word right now, but... It's becoming malignant, like it's moving past. They already got, for the most part, what they wanted initially, was, which was for that um, extradition law to be yeah. removed uh, and not be voted on. And then I don't think they got, they had some other, uh, other demands, like the protesters that have been arrested to be freed and, and all charges removed. And for there to be some kind of accountability oversight for police and stuff like that. Um, but their original thing that they were marching about, they won. And they're just getting more and more. I don't think anything short of some kind of a 
if not a violent revolution, at least an electoral revolution, where you know the government, the Hong Kong government, becomes very anti-Beijing and very anti-communist. I don't think anything's going to make them happy at this point. No. If they're setting people on fire. Cops, cops are killing protesters in the street, and protesters are killing people yeah. who are faithful to mainland China. Right. So it's yeah. There's no. This is this is going to get so much worse. Yeah. China and, may. And, and, and... Go go ahead. China may pull the military on their own city, which would be crazy. Uh, it's going to be very. So and also you need to understand. So we're used to violent protests in America. Like, we're a place that has violent protests. Um, and even here, it is uncommon for, for example, someone against the protesters to be set on fire. Or for, you know, a cop to just shoot someone at point-blank range for refusing to move. And in a place like Hong Kong... Or Japan, or, or or you know, most of the Far East, most of the the, the so-called Orient. That's not what they're like. Their protests tend to be a lot more muted. They had already reached a high level of escalation just by like the fact that they were fighting cops with umbrellas and stuff like that. That was way more than they usually do. This is on a different like. It's, ratcheting up on both sides with the the, gov- the Hong Kong government and the protesters. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not going to de-escalate on its own. I see one of two things happening. Either there is a, and I don't know what their elect- election timeline is like or whatever, either there's going to be a huge electoral change that makes the protesters largely happy. Uh, I guess one of three things. Um either a large electoral change that makes them happy, um, the Chinese government moving in, because once they move in, this is all over. Like, they'll the, I, the they'll bring in a level of force that, uh, you know, even the craftiest people with, you know, I, I, I don't see them being able to continue staging what they're staging with, with the Chinese government, you know, military moving in like that. Uh, or a violent revolution, which I, I don't, they don't have the guns for a violent revolution. So it would have to be like, you know, almost like a coup situation where the, where the Chinese police turn on the government in favor of the protesters, which I don't see happening, or some kind of like Planet of the Apes scenario where the protesters pounce upon the police and take their guns or something. Like that. And I don't see that. So I, I think the most likely scenarios are either a, a you know, an electoral revolution, quote unquote, that makes the protesters happy or the Chinese military moving in and, and squashing this thing. Either one of those, or, I mean, I guess the first one is preferable to the second, but either one of those are going to be ugly for a lot of people. Right. Or Hong Kong getting uh, sovereignty or uh, autonomy. Yeah. I mean, again, that's. So Hong Kong is something like, I think. I want to say 11 or 12% of China's total gross like economic output is Hong Kong. Like it's double I am pretty sure it's double digits. 
they'd feel it if they left, put it that way. And so I don't see that happening. Um, I don't see, I don't, I see if that were even proposed, China moving in with the military. And I, and I don't see, I don't see the U.S. government stepping in to try to fight that. And I don't see anyone else having the ability to fight that. So, I mean, could it happen? Yeah, I think it would get squashed pretty quickly. I think the most likely scenarios are the Chinese government pulling a Tiananmen Square on all of Hong Kong, um, which will be incredibly ugly. Um, and, or And it, this one will be incredibly televised. Yeah, yeah, it won't. Yeah, it, unlike the previous one, everyone will see what the Chinese government's doing, and it will, you know, cause tremendous amount of backlash uh, on their government, which everyone will immediately forget as soon as it's over and move on to whatever the next outrage is. It's probably something related. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's and it's actually a Chinese saying: "We're in for interesting times." So. So yeah, and and it, and if the protesters take over at this point, I mean, if they're setting people on fire, that's going to be that's going to have a level of ugliness to it too, because there's definitely going to be some recriminations there. So it's just going to be, I mean, you know, this is bad blood stuff all around. I don't think there's a a, a happy scenario at this point. No, I, I I definitely don't think there's a happy scenario coming out of this. I'm scared. You got anything else? America, I wish you could hold me, hold me while I'm because I'm scared of the China. This really isn't sexy. It feels like it should be sexy, and then when I do it, I'm like, this is terrible. No, it looks like you don't feel well. <laughs> it it's looks so like comfortable. Though. It looks that's, like that's you're like you've got a, it, like a like an upset stomach, and you're like just holding a pillow up against it for comfort. And oh my tummy! I can't go to school tomorrow. So, so we've got a couple of questions. Uh, okay, Kim Ruff first of all said Hong Kong was promised sovereignty and autonomy by China, and China has been systematic. Hong Kong was promised sovereignty and autonomy by China, and China has been systematically disregarding it. And then that's true. Yeah, no, they were promised autonomy. I think Matt, you meant like. Independent, like being their own country. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Right, right, yeah, like independence, yeah, yeah. But no, they were. The whole, you know, there were all sorts of anxieties in, in you know, 2000 or 99 or whatever year it was when they went from British control to, to China, and China was like, oh, no, we're going to let you do your thing. That's not what's happened. Right. Uh, Chris Reynolds says U.S. population really doesn't care about China like they should. No. And Kim Ruff Libertarian presidential candidate 2020, Kim Ruff, asks, do you think, given its size and relative strength or lack thereof compared to China, Hong Kong would need an assist from other nations? Oh, if, if, they, yes. if they wanted to be independent? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm assuming. And, and yeah. Yes. Yeah. And not just other nations. It would have to be the U.S., because there's not any other country that could project military force. There's no other government that could project military force sufficient to keep China at bay within China. 
because I mean Hong Kong is not like Taiwan where it's like some island off like it's 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 you know it's part of like it's it's part of China so I mean I know it's an island or whatever but it's not like some far flung territory right it's not like Hawaii um, and and I question go ahead it's not like Hawaii where it's Right, far enough right, away. right. It's not even like Taiwan. Like it's it's truly like right there. Right. And I question whether the U.S. military could even really effectively keep the Chinese military, or or why they'd even want to. I mean. So no, I yeah, I, I think they'd need help, and they wouldn't get it. I know why they'd want to. So many, so much of Wall Street goes through Hong Kong. Like they, they would want to protect that, right? But if you weigh that against the the cost of doing that and the impact on trade with the rest of China, and the reality of turning into a nuclear hot war, I mean, there's just not a. Uh, I, I can see the CIA helping you know, anti-communist groups within the Hong Kong and China. And even that they're going to do, they're going to tread carefully on that. Cause you know, China's our largest trading partner. So to answer your question, Kim, yes, they would absolutely need help. And when they get it in, in a, a way that's sufficient for them to become independent, no. Mm. And I think if they could, you would have already seen Taiwan go independent years ago. So no, I, I don't I don't see that happening. I see if there's any path towards Hong Kong being free, it could be through black and gray markets and crypto and three D printing and you know agorism and and you know just uh, you know becoming free by virtue of being ungovernable, um, same as here or anywhere else. I, 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 even with the electoral process, these protesters aren't calling for, you know, they're calling for liberty to the extent of, of you know, self-government, you know, independence or, or uh, autonomy. But they're, they're democratic protesters. They're not. And, so I, I really. Know, uh, did I lose you? I see it getting really ugly. Yeah. No, I, I see China doing to Hong Kong what I'm doing to this pillow. But in a way that's... I was going to say, I don't think that's anywhere, That's nowhere near the same thing. How, well, I mean, like... Uh, Hong Kong? Uh, so, Spike. So, to, tomorrow, guys... Was that what you were going to ask That me? was what I was going to ask you, yeah. Well, perfect. So, tomorrow night, guys, and Matt... Uh, I'm having on Dan Taxationist Theft Berman. He's going to be my guest. And we're going to talk about his presidential campaign for president. He's running to be the libertarian nominee, to be these, the next president of these United States. We're going to talk about, I presume, traveling without licenses. That's what I'm going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about his blasphemy against Waffle House. And the Waffle House Caucus, uh, which he <laughs> desperately needs. I mean, if you want to win the nomination, don't piss off the Waffle House Caucus. All the other presidential candidates are members of it. <laughs> so, except for Joe Jorgensen and Jacob Hornberger. 
All the others are? Yes. Well, I I added them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Okay. And yeah. I only did add Jorgensen. Um, oh, no, I did add Jacob Horber. Yeah, no, I added Jacob Horber. So only Joe Jorgensen, and only because she's not on Facebook. I'd add her, too, <laughs> and ask her about sex work. At Waffle House. We'd say, hey, Joe, what do you think about sex workers working at Waffle House? So he's going to be my guest tomorrow night. And then and uh, and then the following week, I believe, fingers crossed, if we can get everyone's uh, schedules worked out, uh, I'm going to be hosting Masters of Debate 2. This will be a uh, debate from the uh, Libertarian National Convention chair uh, candidates, uh, Joshua Smith, uh, Todd Hagopian, Hagopian, I think it's Hagopian, and Mike Shipley. Um, we reached out to uh, Nicholas Starwark, the current chair, who told me that he has not decided if he's running for re-election yet. Um, I told him if he decided between now and next Thursday or next week to let me know and we'll put him on too. Otherwise it's going to be the three that have declared that they're running uh, for election this time around. And we'll be debating that. So we will see if it, it, we're, we're trying to make everyone's schedules work. It'll either be this week or next, but probably, or it'll either be next week or the week after. Um, but we'll see. And then tune in next week. A day from today, a week from today, Tuesday the 18th, right? Is that 19th? Uh, yeah, we'll, get, we'll save that. We'll save that for right now. The 19th, Tuesday the 19th. The 19th, Tuesday the 19th, for another episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom that I will be streaming because that's the only way it's going to happen because I don't think Matt's ever going to stream this show again. I mean, I will. <laughs> just don't want to. I just really don't want to after today. Hey, fun fact okay. for everybody out there. Um, yesterday, yesterday was the two-year anniversary of the first time Spike co-hosted oh, yeah. this show. He wasn't a regular co-host. Yeah. He just co-hosted one of the shows, and it was the two-year yep, anniversary. Yeah, I was the guest co-host. That's right. So... Uh, if you scroll two years back in my timeline, you can find that episode. He he appeared in voice only. Yeah. Not now. You get me in full HD on the bed. Well, it's pretty close to full HD. We're going through Google Hangouts on your phone. I mean, it's it's 720, right? Uh... Ish. <laughs> Five. Uh... 590? Yeah, we'll go. Coming to you in beautiful 590. <laughs> yeah, it's 590. Six, 622. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, you'll get to see me. Is this so... I mean, now, because I didn't want to try to do... But is this... Is this sexier? I'm like this. Hey, America. Is this even like... Is my head cut off? No. Not even a little bit. You look like you're uh, posing for a rap video in the mid-90s. I mean, I always look like that. Though. That's a valid point. Like, that's my aesthetic. <laughs> my aesthetic is, like, Nelly video. 
Um, All right. Well, good. Well, guys, Matt, if we were, if someone were on the internet and were trying to find us, you and me, how would they do that? Can they do that? They can. If you, apparently if you Google muddied, what, it will automatically pull us up, but, <laughs> but, uh, muddy you, W. Yeah. If you go muddy W, apparently we're like, you'll auto, auto fill right to us. But, um, nice. if you wanted to go directly nice. instead of going through the overlords at Google, you can visit us at the overlords on Facebook at facebook.com slash muddied waters media. You can follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. You can follow us on Instagram at muddied waters media. You can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash muddied waters media. You can follow us on float at float.app slash muddied waters media. You can find us and donate to us at anchor.fm slash muddied waters media. And you can find this in every other episode at muddied waters media.com. And preferably find us on float anchor and our own website. We really don't like these other platforms. We really don't like these other platforms. We only use them because you do. <laughs> yeah. So we only use them because we use have these. to right now. I want to never go on Facebook again. I want to have the Waffle House Caucus on float and do our shows. And if my family wants to reach me, they can text me. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in this week. And we will see you tomorrow with my guest, Dan Berman, and we'll see you again next week. Muddy Waters of Freedom. And where we're going... We don't need roads. <laughs>